All right. This is Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. It's Friday night. That means alien interview, right? There I am. Namaste. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Share this out, share this out, share this out. <clears throat> so we left off last time uh, right when Errol was talking about um, members of the expeditionary force coming down to Earth to search for one of their officers. And um, that's where we're picking back up, where they were searching high and low, water, land, sea, everywhere. And they found, I guess, one of the officers who had been crashed or caught and crashed and caught here and captured. I think it was during the war. She said they were um, on Mars or something, and they got captured, and they were um, put here to Earth, supposedly. <clears throat> they're still not believing there's a penal colony that, that, you know, we've talked about that many times. Okay, so share this out, share this out, share this out. Welcome, welcome everybody. Say hello in the chat, right? That way I know where you are, right? You had a dream of Orion. Melissa said that. I had a dream of Orion. Is that supposed to be wow? You said bow. <laughs> I don't know where you got the B in there, right? It's nowhere near on the keyboard. So, right? So I guess I guess that's, that's you're saying that you had that dream and, and they're doing a mic drop, right? Bow, right? So you had a dream of Orion, well, you do. You were saying bow on purpose. Okay. So uh, Orion is in the constellation Orion. Uh, Orion is in Orion's belt. Um, what exactly was the dream? <clears throat> That's kind of cool. Okay. So share this out, share this out, right? Um, I think we'll just pick right back up where we left off. If, if you just catch this for the very first time, share this out, share this out, share this out. But it is Friday night, and we're on part 16 of this alien interview. Uh, we still have a ways to go. It's a four-hour um, hi. Welcome. What is that? What is that? Uh, organization 18. Welcome. Welcome, welcome from on the YouTube side there. Um, the constellation, Melissa said. She had a, a, a dream about the Orion constellation. That's cool. I, I did too, but I, I always do. I'm from there. <laughs> right, so I always end up having that happen. So share this out, share this out. So uh, back in 1947, if you didn't read the uh, the description, back in 1947, Roswell, New Mexico, uh, there was an incident that happened that we, the people, I can't say me because I wasn't alive then, but the people of of the world in the United States uh, were were uh, uh, pretty well certain that an alien spacecraft had crashed. The government even said that when they first came out with that and then quickly changed their mind and said it was a weather balloon and covered the whole thing up. And there's always been speculation. People never bought the cover story, right? And I never did either. My, my research as I was growing up, listening to everything that was going on and hearing whispers uh, from the CIA uh, and other people, including the person who was a, um, a reporter who had made the claim that he had ran into this nurse that claimed that she had saw an alien, that they had an alien there at the hospital in Roswell, New Mexico. She was part of the military, and she was a nurse. And when uh, he tried to, to get that story out, they denied her existence even, not even uh, that, you know, just like they did with Bob Lazar in the 80s. It just didn't happen. Don't know who this person was. You're crazy, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So the woman by that time had, had was no longer in the United States. In fact, she was she, she died in either Scotland or Ireland, and I'm not sure which because there's some speculation uh, because I was told um, Ireland, but from a very good, or Scotland, but from a very good source, she was actually not in Scotland. That was a ruse. She was actually hiding in Ireland. And that I got from the IRA, so I'm pretty certain that's probably the truth. In, in any case, before she died, which she died 
by her own hand, by the way, right? Mary Meat Organization 18, Mary Meat. Um, uh, she actually, um, you know, committed suicide because she was dying and the euthanasia is legal over there. So she had a doctor administer a shot and she died. But before she did that, she took all the information that she could remember, the information that she stole and the knowledge that she still had in her brain, and she put it all down and she gave it to a reporter. And that reporter put this whole thing together and read the entire story. I don't know if the reporter's doing it or if a computer's doing it. Either way, I was gifted with this four-hour video that I don't hear anyone out there talking about. Right? Nobody's talking about this. I don't know anybody else that's doing this video or playing this video, but it's out there on the internet for you to see. The video I'm using is the video from YouTube that I'm using that I downloaded. So it's out there. I don't think it's been deleted because if they did, they would have deleted my other 15 episodes, which they haven't done yet, right? So this is the interview, and it's not really an interview. She, the, the Errol, I say she because she's an alien. Uh, she claims that she's a female, and she also doesn't allow anybody to cross-examine her or ask questions, hardly at all or whatever, especially not from what they call what she calls the gallery, which is the CIA in the next room, the military personnel, stuff like that. She won't answer. She's, so she's doing all the talking and telling the story, and that's what we've been dealing with. Um, I don't doubt that this is an alien. I, I believe she is true, truly an alien. I believe this is a real alien that is really talking to this nurse back in 1947. So that's not in dispute. That's not what I'm trying to discredit. What I'm trying to discredit is the actual alien herself. I, I believe that she's an atheist. I believe that she, she belongs to, she claims she belongs to an expeditionary force uh, right, that is that is this uh, uh, domain they call themselves, um, but I but I'm pretty sure she's part of the Orion uh, uh, Crusaders, uh, and because I can't see that there would be a a group of people that are trying to conquer the planet, the, the universe, trying to conquer Earth at the same time as another conquering people who are trying to conquer the universe are are here at Earth in 1947. That, that just wouldn't happen, okay? So from Ra, from Thoth, and from some other deities around the world and the globe, the warning is this group of people are here to uh, take over. She claims that she is, but has a different name for wh who she is and what they're about. However, her message is identical, 100% exactly the same as the the um, invasionary force uses to take over a third world, third dimensional I say third world because, in a sense, we are uh, a third dimensional um, uh, planet by explaining to them throughout history or, or planting evidence that they were created as a slave labor race or a penal colony. They don't care which because, one, they're your saviors, and two, they're or and or and slash or they're your creator gods. Either story that sticks with the population and up to and including both, because if you can get both narratives uh, going to the point where it hits that, the seminal point, uh, because they understand how the matrix works, that we control the matrix because we're not just part of the creation of the Lord or of the, of the one true, cre true creator of the universe. We are actually part of that collective consciousness. And they know that the bad guys know that, right? The people here are veiled. So you don't know that. So they're preying on the fact that humans or any other race that they would go to that is in third uh, density, third dimension does their mind wipe. There's the veiling. That's part of the law of the universe for this place. I'm not going to get involved in that because I did that for two years and 10 months. You can go back in my archives and watch every episode, 106 channeling sessions with raw 
uh, and they were a hive mind uh, species, hive mind complex species that were warning about what's going on and telling us how the universe works. Not the only people, mind you, that were doing that. There's many others that are also doing that. If you read any of the Dead Sea Scrolls, you read the Gnostic Gospels, you read all any of that stuff, and it's the same storyline, right? I'm going to be doing a comparative uh, actually, tomorrow I'm doing a, a webinar. I'm only going to be speaking for 30 minutes, so it's not like my show where I can go as long as I want. So I'm going to be quickly talking about the origin of the species uh, of, of the, the and the universe. And then coming up later this month, uh, I'm going to be also on another webinar, which is put out by Stephen and Evan Strong from Australia. And they're also on, I think we're on number 16 uh, of their webinar uh, about that, the creation uh, of the human race and the implications of aliens' involvement in that or uh, surrounding us or in any way influencing the humans. And I'm going to be speaking for an hour there. So I'll get into far more detail about that than I have here or or will tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to be a 30-minute and then an hour uh, on uh, later this month on that. But if you catch my shows, you catch most of that, what's going on there. Okay. Right. Oh, see, yeah, okay, so <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm reading what, uh, what Organization 18 is putting in the in the chat, right? Um, so I'm not, I don't know if I should read that to everybody, but, right, yeah. Okay, yeah, right, right, I get what you're saying. Well, no, and that's the truth, right? Okay, so maybe I will uh, tell the people who are listening on the MP3 file, they can't see the chat. Right. And Melissa can't read it either because you're in the opposite chat. So I'll put it up on the screen of what Organization 18 said. This is just the beginning of it. You know, someone is trying to cancel Azura Dragon, uh, I think it's Dragon Feather Father. Uh, and uh, she needs help. So Dragon Feather, she needs help. I'm aware of that. Uh, honestly, there's a lot. Uh, a lot of YouTubers yeah, and and well and and you owners and all people on Facebook and, and everywhere else for that matter they need help because someone is trying to cancel them absolutely um, that's that's more political we don't, I don't really want to get into that but um, um, would you like to join our organization so um, I would have to find out what your organization is I can't just say yeah sure I don't have know anything about you or your organization I don't join anybody anything that I don't know about thoroughly without being vetted you could be the you know the Illuminati trying to to uh, silence me or get me involved in that so that my name is associated with you so that I could be discredited or that you because of my name could become more popular so uh, not knowing who you are or what you're about I would say contact me afterwards and you and I will talk and I'll I'll vet you and um but otherwise um there are people uh, of this planet that are already doing what you're suggesting not saying that you shouldn't because you should uh, and if you really are in fact uh, have a group of people that are trying to help people then um you know more power to you and keep doing it because we all need to do that and we all need to help each other right so um i would love to if if uh, if i vet you and find out that you are uh, coalition friendly uh then absolutely uh, I'll, I'll try to, to uh, you know, I'll, I'll push your guys' uh, information out to the world to help, uh, you know, get more people involved in, in the know that there are more and more, increasingly more people that are defying this movement to try and take over this planet and to uh, lock this planet down and make it all become a slave race of slave labor like they want you to believe you are, which you're not. Okay, so yeah, that's exciting. If if you're legit, I'm in. So talk to me after the show, uh, and uh, uh, message me through uh, to the, or my email. But you can do it through um, um, uh, YouTube there, 
uh, send me a message, you know, in the in the chat. You know how you can do that, and then we can talk. Uh, or you can go to Facebook if you if you're one of those people that hate Facebook, don't do that. But if you if you can go to the Messenger because uh, I can we can literally you know message each other in, in real time uh, and talk. And if not, we can go to another source and do that. I got Google Hangouts if they still have that. I think they're canceling it. Uh, Zoom, that kind of stuff. We can text each other. Okay. So, yeah, the numbers are growing, Melissa said. So you couldn't read that because you guys are in separate chat rooms. But I can read them all because they all come to here. So, yes, the numbers are growing. There's a lot more people that are resisting. And I encourage everyone everywhere to resist in any way you can without violence. We don't need violence. Violence is there where, where we, you know, wheelhouse. It's their uh, playing field. They want you to do that. They tried to get the January 6th insurrection, quote, unquote, uh, in, in with my fingers up in the air, for those of you on the MP3 file, uh, you can't see me do that. Uh, but they tried to make that and paint that to believe that it was violent so that they could justify trying to lock down the nation. And they wouldn't allow any of the videotapes to be played. And now that they had, couldn't hide them any longer, the videotapes were out and there was no violence. It's just a bunch of hippies uh, walking around taking selfies. Right. So they, but they're still trying to say that was the most hideous thing that happened to America ever including worse than 9-11, including worse than the English trying to uh, to uh, annex us uh, when we decided to be our own nation. And, you know, uh, so, you know what I mean? Or the, worse than the bombing at Pearl Harbor, worse than, than the D-Day invasion, worse than the Battle of the Bulge, worse than anything ever in the history of the world. And it was a bunch of people walking around holding up their cameras, taking selfies and taking pictures of everybody else holding up their cameras, filming each other. And the only violence that happened was the violence that was caused by a few people who we now believe were being pushed into that by operatives from the federal government. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah you Yeah, that's okay. Uh, you know, sometimes we do that with the misspelling. If you're, if you're doing it real fast or if you're speaking to the phone, you don't look, and sometimes it changes stuff. So, yeah, right? So you do need people. We always need people. Right. Until we have everyone on board, we always need people. So, yeah, misspelled people. That's OK. Right. <laughs> then you misspelled it when you're saying you misspelled it. I think you were doing that to show the example of how you misspelled it. That's funny. All right. So enough politics. Let's get on to the alien interview, which in a sense is kind of politics. Right. So let me pull this back up onto the screen. The domain here search party. Hold on. It's starting on its own. So hold me. Let me do this. Let me change these banners here. Let's take this one off. So it's not in the way and take that one off. So please share this out, share this out, share this out. Okay, so this, I backed up. We ended up actually finishing at uh, 2.53, Mark, but I backed up a few seconds because it was in the middle of what they're talking about here. This is where I was explaining to you where Errol is saying that they they looked for, uh, and then they were splitting up, the, you know, the party consisted of 900 officers of the domain divided into teams of 300. One team searched the land, another searched the oceans, and a third searched the space surrounding Earth. And they were looking for some of their comrades who had uh, somehow got themselves detained on this planet. Uh, and so they're, they're claiming that, they, that this happened and that she's claiming that it was because it's a penal colony and that they were fighting against the, the uh, old forces of the old empire uh, and they got captured and the empire put them here as a uh, prison. Uh, which I still don't believe. There's no proof that she, of any of this. She, she, what she did was she took someone famous in history and said, "Oh yeah, that the um, our guy possessed this guy." So that way it gave a little bit of, vil, of of validation as to, "Oh well, we know that guy existed, so therefore she must be telling the truth." And strike one, that's a lie, right? So we know that. 
right? We don't believe anything that she's saying because everything that she's saying I've already proven uh, is contradictory at best anecdotal. And she's pulling a verbal Kent from the usual suspects and she's just making shit up as she goes and then throwing in some truth with all of her lies. Right. So uh, in fact, she would be the poster child for the devil and the forked tongue that the devil uses to sweet talk everyone or a vampire when they're wooing you using their powers to woo you so they can they can get you to say, yes, please come into my house so that way they can bite your neck and suck your blood. Same thing, right? If you guys saw the, the uh, what was that TV show, True Blood, if you watched that, you have an idea of what's going on. You got charmed, and that's what she's doing, using a Jedi mind trick. So she's starting the next paragraph. The domain search party uh, devised a wide variety of electronic detection devices. A wide variety of electronic detection devices needed to track the electronic signature or wavelength of each of the missing members of the battalion. Some were used in space, others on land, and special devices were invented to detect ISBs underwater. One of these electronic detection devices is referred to as a tree of life. The device is literally a tool designed to detect the presence of life, which is an ISBI. Welcome, Denise. Share this out, share this out, share this out. All right, here we go. Let's continue. Tree of life. That was mentioned right there. Let me let me go back and look at that, what, what they said right here, right? Um, searching for the battalions. Oh, okay, we already read that. The, the, the domain search party devised a wide variety of electronic devices needing to track needed to track the electronic signature or wavelength of each of the missing members so there's more than one of the battalion some were used in space others on land and a special device was in was invented to detect isbies underwater this was a large electronic screen generator designed to permeate wide areas okay so now we're going into uh, chapter to the ancient nine, humans on earth it resembled a sort of tree since it consists of an interwoven lattice of electronic field generators and receivers. The electronic field detects the presence of ISBs, whether the ISB is occupying a body or if they are outside a body. A portable version of this detection device was carried by each of the members of the domain search party. Stone carvings in Sumeria showed winged beings using pine cone-shaped instruments to scan the bodies of human beings. They are also shown carrying the power unit for the scanner, which are depicted as stylized baskets or water buckets being carried by eagle-headed winged beings. Members of the aerial unit of the domain search party led... See, now, now the, she says that, she claims that back in 1947, right? And you come forward in time, a lot of people are saying, uh, well, what is that, you know, what is that uh, representing and... and uh, you know, is that, uh, uh, you know, some device or whatever, like she's claiming here. And it's pretty widely um, suggested that the pine cone is representing the, the uh, uh, pineal gland in the brain, not some device that they're using to detect, uh, you know, like, a, like something that Do Dr. McCoy would have used his little tricorder. Uh, you know, he had a little handheld one that kind of like spun around inside the little glass. And then he held the tricorder or had it around his, his neck on a on a rope. And then he would look at that to see what it, what it was what it was saying. Um, she, you know, the, we're not exactly 100 percent sure. Right. However. Right. Yes. Ancient astronauts. I do believe that. So here again, she's she's telling a little truth with a bunch of lies. Right. 
because, you know, she's claiming, well, if that were the case, then they came down here and disrupted uh, uh, life on Earth because those people and those those um, um, depictions and statues and carvings are all over the entire world. So is she saying that 900 people came to Earth and met so many humans that everybody in every single culture remembered them so much distinctively that they all carved all of these things? And, uh, and, and you know, and each one wasn't supposed to have talked to the other one. No communication worldwide, yet everyone worldwide uh, uh, wrote this down and carved this exactly the same. And then you have the Viracocha uh, uh, factor where you have the, the serpent god also or a goddess, but the symbol of this um, person standing holding either two snakes, one in each hand, or two sticks or two objects of some sort that have power. Uh, and then this, those people were also all over. So was that her expeditionary force uh, as well, using different tools? Uh, that, or was these different aliens that came here? See, this is where uh, it could be. It is possible that that's what she's saying is true. But it's kind of convenient because she picked the, the one thing that, that we know uh, out of the two that is literally worldwide. So, so if they came down here not trying to interfere with humans but trying to find their comrades – Right. They fucked the whole system up by coming here because every single fucking human in every single place saw them, saw them enough to, to carve them and saw that they were different enough to carve them and put them in, in, in place. So, in fact, if they were coming down here trying to be undercover as to not tip off the population that they're in prison, they put, did a pretty lousy job of it. They showed up down here with blatant disregard for whether or not the human race figured out what they were doing here. And then on top of that, if it's true, come forward in time a couple thousand years, and here she is back going, yeah, that was us. We were down here before, and we screwed up everything to the point where your entire civilization was changed drastically by our being here looking for our friends. We don't care. Um, because you guys are prisoners and you guys can't get out anyway. Nah, 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 nah. That's kind of what, the way she's talking, right? So, I mean, is it possible? Well, anything is possible. Is it plausible? No, not really. Most of what she says, uh, you know, if she's supposed to be, like she claims, I said this many times, she claims that she's, you know, a trillion, trillion, gazillion, 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 gazillion uh, 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 eons old. And she speaks like she's a 35-year-old human being, American. She doesn't have any wisdom. She doesn't have any anything. I just spoke to a woman who claims to be somewhat similar to that yesterday, and I spent time, hours, talking to this person. And this person had conversation and dialect that was way above a station of a third-dimensional being. Okay? and knowledge of events that is way above a third dimensional being and so casual about it that she was doesn't care if I hear what she's saying, right? Doesn't care that I know the truth about what's going on because in fact, she's here to help people raise their vibration just like I am. So she was giving me an attunement to get me to, to raise my vibration faster and filling in some blanks of some things that I missed along the way. None of which did she do without asking my permission, but offered, and I, of course, accepted quite a bit. And it was a really, really, really intense experience that I'm still actually trying to transmute in my brain.
Okay. And I'm more awake, woke, <laughs> awake than, than most people. Not everyone. There's far more people that are awake than I am. However, there are far more people that are asleep behind me than I am where I am. Right. I don't think that I'm the top dog. I'm somewhere in the middle, but I'm definitely not asleep. So, yeah, so my voice is changing. I think that's my, is that because my microphone again? <laughs> is that what's happening? Or is my voice actually changing? It could be because I it has changed me. My reality is different. Um, like you were saying, Melissa, the other day, how everything seemed brighter and you could tell the difference. I just went through one of those uh, upgrades, uh, to, uh, downloads that, that did the same thing even more so for me. I just, I, I hearkened it to the most intense spiritual uh, attunement I have ever had in this lifetime, uh, even greater than my Reiki master teacher attunement, which was phenomenally crazy uh, energy. And even for the people who were attuning me, they were in Australia and I was here in America. And I didn't know what time I missed the, the time because of the time difference. I didn't know when I was supposed to be getting my, uh, my attunement. And then all of a sudden on this Sunday afternoon, uh, my body temperature shot way up and I, my, I was glowing red and people were like, are you okay? And I'm like, I think I'm, I think I'm getting a master attunement right now. I'm seeing symbols in my brain. And uh, then I uh, contacted or emailed her and said, when is my attunement? Because I think it just happened. She says, we just finished with you. And I said, oh my God, you have to, I have to tell you what happened to me here. And she said, tell me because I want to tell you what happened here. Uh, and so there was eight of them and they were all masters and they were uh, tuning me and they realized that I was already a master. I didn't need the attunement. So they decided to give me a really good attunement anyways as a reward. And by doing that, um, apparently the universe rewarded them because the entire room that they were in uh, filled up with fairy fire lights dancing around the entire room and dipping this way and that and, uh, and, and just glowing like as if space itself was now in that room and the stars were moving and they were all in awe because they had never seen anything that uh, incredibly powerful that it had happened. And they were like, who is this guy? <laughs> right? I, on the other hand, was going, wow, at the same time, who, what is this? Who are these people that are able to do this? And it was pretty intense. And she, in less time, did more for me yesterday than they did in that attunement, if you can imagine that. Okay. So I know for a certainty that this is not a penal colony. It is a prison, but it's uh, it's the, the simplest way I can explain it to you is when you're born, you come out of your mother's womb and they put you in a playpen. This is the playpen that you go when you're a baby soul. And in here, you have to then evolve and learn how to sit up, crane your neck, look around, assess that you're in a playpen and that you want out. People can in, they pick you up out of that and they put you back into it and walk away. You don't like being in there because you don't like being by yourself. You're just a little baby. You don't understand. So then you have to pick yourself up and figure out how to stand up, pull yourself upright, and then grab a hold of the top and get stronger by holding yourself up and your legs get stronger. And then you eventually start to climb out. Then the first time you do, you fall and you hurt yourself. And you start crying. Your parents come over, pick you up, console you, put you back into the playpen. And then you got to get out again and you figure out how to get out. And then once you do without crying, then you're on the floor and you're either on your stomach or you're on your back. Either way, you're like a turtle that's upside down and you can't figure out how to move. And you're flailing away with your arms and your legs. And they come find you and pick you up. And eventually you start learning how to crawl. Okay. When you get stronger, this is the development of the human species, the human race, you as a soul 
is the, that's the same thing. And that is, that's the universe showing you this is what it is that you are here to do. So they give you the physical aspect, which is the microcosm to the macrocosm, which in this case would be this logos that you're in the state that you're in, in this avatar. And then of course that is the microcosm to the macrocosm of the solar system, which is in turn to the universe, which is in turn to the, or the galaxy, which is in turn to the universe, which is in turn to the creation. And it's cyclical and it's all the same. And you have to discern that and figure that out. There's the secret to the universe right there in a nutshell. All right. So let's continue here with this. By Ahura Mazda, we're often called winged gods in human interpretations. Throughout the Persian civilization, there are a great many stone relief carving that depict... See, now I want to point out right here really quickly that she's pointing out Two different places with two different deities that are worldwide known that have been carved, Viracocha and uh, I think she just said Viracocha, right? And uh, before that, the the uh, um, what we call the Anunnaki, which that's completely wrong, and I'll tell you about that tomorrow at the at the webinar, which I'll have a link for you uh, shortly in the in the chat. However, she doesn't say. The wings on these people are not actual. They're not winged people. That is a depiction that they're using that tells you they have the power of flight. She doesn't say that. Why? She should know that. But she doesn't say that at all. She just says this was us. And but then she wants to point out the pine cone and the little bucket or the little handbag, which, you know, is supposedly the power source. Right. And the, and the little pine cone. She wants to point those two out and then points out the, the wings for a half second and leaves that alone and then goes to another deity and points out the wings. But again, doesn't say this person doesn't actually fly. This person has the ability to fly. And then she could by that say because they had to come here in a spacecraft like I had to come here in. But she doesn't do any of that. Why? Why is it that she's omitting that particular information? That's the question you need to ask yourself. Winged spacecraft that they called a Faravahar, members of the aquatic. See, and so here she's claiming a winged spacecraft called a Faravahar, right? So not, not that it's a, a, a spacecraft with fixed wings, like an aeroplane, because she could make that analogy because they have aeroplanes in there, right? She supposedly flew a flying saucer, but claims that it wasn't a saucer because that was the old the old uh, uh, guard uh, that the, the, they flew saucers. But that's what she came in. We, fit, we, we have pictures of it. We picked it up out of the desert. So she claims that they were in the saucer is belongs to the to the old guard. But yet that's what she flew in. And she makes no reference to that. At all. That's another question you should ask yourself. Why is, why is that that she omitted that information? So let's continue here. Unit of the domain search party were called owns by local humans. Stone carvings of the so-called owns are shown wearing silver diving suits. They lived in the sea and appeared to the human population to be men dressed to look like fish. Some members of the lost battalion were found in the oceans inhabiting the bodies of dolphins or whales. On land, the domain search party members were referred to as Anunnaki by the Sumerians. See, and, and here, the, I love this because that actual translation that she has right there is wrong. And she's saying that as if it's right. 
So she's buying into the bullshit that was Zachariah Stitchin's uh, interpretation of the word that that we use now, Anunnaki, which is three words, when it's actually wrong. And that's and, and that's actually been proven over and over again by many people. And that's one of the things that I talk about in in that when people say we're you know we're a slave labor race created, and then they always fall back to the Anunnaki. Now let me explain this to you, and you can look this up because I did. Okay, the the word Anunnaki is not actually the what was written down that Zachariah Stitchin translated. He actually translated it wrong because he saw the word Anu. Now, Anunnaki. Let's let's start with. The scrolls that he was interpreting was Mesopotamian. He did not understand Mesopotamian. I don't claim to understand Mesopotamian, Mesopotamian either. However, there are scholars out there who do because the Mesopotamians actually wrote dictionaries of words and what those words meant. And we have those now. Okay? So Zachariah Stitchin taught himself how to translate those things without any knowledge of how to translate them. That happens. I've done it. I taught myself old French so that I could understand Nostradamus's speaking and what he wrote down 15 in the 1500s. Okay. So that I could then, but you see, I didn't have no language to fall back on. I already had a basic knowledge of modern day French. So it was, it was easier to understand the old French because of that. That's the same with I have an, a modern-day English uh, and modern-day American teaching of English, common language, but that also gives me an insight into old English because we've heard some of that in different times, like Shakespearean uh, English, which was at one time, and then you go further back, and it's a different English, right? It's because it evolved. So all languages evolved. I'm, I'm a bit of a linguist, not that I have a, a title in that or a doctrine in, ling in linguistics, but, I, but I'm very, very quick at adapting languages, especially all the languages of, the, of Europe and northern, southern, uh, eastern, western Europe. Because that's what this English language is based on, those languages. Okay, so the words that he translated were Anunnaki. Those were the two words that were written down, not Anunnaki. Okay, so he saw the first part of the word that was Anu, and he assumed that that must be the, uh, the god Anu. The word Anu, that is the god he's talking about, is a Babylonian god. In fact, the word and the words Anunnaki are a translation uh, of the Mesopotamian words into Greek, but they got it wrong as well. It was the same thing that they did with uh, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. If you look at the word Sangrial as one entire sentence, as one word, it means holy bloodline. If you cut it in half, it means holy blood. So that's why you get the Holy Blood, Holy Grail, because one means DNA and the other means uh, means what we think it means today, which is the whole the blood of Christ being a metaphor for eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, and then you're accepting my powers into your body. And that was bullshit. That's what they did when they separated the, that word, which someone did along the line. They must mean these two words, because otherwise it means Jesus has descendants. And that's why Dan Brown said, what if that was the case? And they weren't trying to say it was the blood of my body, but the DNA, the, the offspring of me. 
And if that were the case, that would explain a lot of what was going on with the Catholic Church in the last uh, 800 years, where they were trying to eradicate any idea that Jesus was in any way human-human and in any way had a wife. Okay, so the same thing happened. So the word, the, the Mesopotamian words that were supposed to be translated into English were anuna, key. Anuna means royalty, and key means comes. So royalty came, not gods from the heavens, not Anu, the god, coming to earth. Royalty came. Okay, so he translated that to the god in the god Anu came from the heavens to earth. Therefore, the ancient aliens people ran with the idea of he was claiming space aliens came down and it was written down in the scrolls that space aliens came down. Then he went on to say, it looks like we were created as a slave labor race to um, mine things for them. And that's not what that translation says either. And tune in to either my show tomorrow or especially the one later on this month or the the uh, the book, The Way That I'm Writing Currently, or my documentary, which probably won't be out until um, February of next year, which I will be doing a comprehensive uh, in-depth study where I'm showing all the different scrolls and all the different religions uh, and how people say, well, this religion was borrowed from that one, which was borrowed from that one, which is not true. They're all the same. Every religion, every culture, every creation story on the history of this planet are, are the same creation story, told slightly different, and I'll, and I'll explain that in that documentary when I get it done. If not, it'll be in my book, or both. Okay, so so the, the translation was wrong, proven wrong, over and over and over by actual scholars who actually understand Mesopotamian. So there is no such thing as the Anunnaki does not exist. It was a bad translation by a man who didn't know what he was translating and thought that the Anu word there meant the God that the Greeks had invented, and that was wrong as well. Okay? So it was Anuna, Ki. Two different words. Not Anu, Naki. Do you understand? It was Anuna, Ki. Not Anuna, Ki. So it wasn't Anunaki as uh, those from the heavens came. It was the prince came. Royalty came. Okay. So that changes the perspective of who those people are completely. That was a fabrication, and that was not his fault. It was done by the uh, Orion Crusaders. They made sure that he understood that that way because they're fighting a temporal war. We'll get into that later. And they're trying to take over the planet. Okay. So, so it was completely propaganda and misinformation and, and mis, mismanagement of the actual translation. And then they knew that and ran with it anyway. They're still propagating that information today. On, and, I, and, I, and I also, you should know that I've created and own Ancient Aliens Worldwide, the largest uh, Ancient Aliens uh, group on the face of the earth. So I'm not trying to bash uh, the, the TV show because the TV show has knowledge that you should be aware of, but you should also be aware that it's draconian and that they're trying to pass off to you the agenda that the Anunnaki existed and that they were our slave labor uh, creation and uh, because they're actually working for uh, the, the powers that should not be that are trying to propagate that to take over the world. 
some of them were aware of it, some of them were not. That's why David Wilcock left uh, um, uh, Gaia, the TV show, because he realized that it was draconian and it was pushing the same narrative and that they were evil and that they were trying to assist in the hostile takeover of the planet Earth. So he left that company, told everyone in the world who would listen, and people just tried to discredit him, uh, and it didn't work, okay? And, um, and I know that for a fact because he is one of the utmost um, uh, knowledgeable people on the Law of One because he actually lived with Carla and, and, uh, and uh, uh, what's, her, what's her husband's name? I can't think of his name now. Um, it's been, a, a, you know, a 16 weeks since I talked about the Law of One. So he actually lived with him for three years. So he has more knowledge about that stuff than the average folk. And he will tell you the same thing. Okay, so let's continue here. So the Stitchin uh, interpretation was wrong. That entire ideology is wrong, and she's propagating that now. Don, yes, Julie, thank you. Don was his name. Thank you. Absolutely. I should know that, right? <laughs> I, I, were, I literally every Friday night for two years and 10 months talked about it, and, and then I couldn't remember his name. Don, thank you. Right, all right, so here, let's continue here. So here she's propagating a lie, knowing she has to know that. She has to know that that's just not true. Because if she knows what she claims she knows, uh, then she knows the past of this planet because they've been here. She's admitted that. They've been here for like 12,000 years around this area. So if that's the case, then when the Anunnaki came here, her people were already here. She said that. So she should already have that knowledge, but she doesn't. Why? Because she was not privy to that because she is not as old as she's pretending to be. That's funny. Julie says, hell, I don't know how in the hell I project. You probably got that. You, you probably remembered it because one of your guides told you to help out, right? <laughs> and there's Pena. Miguel, welcome, my friend from Brazil. And, and hello. Uh, and, and Pena is saying hello to everybody in the, in the audience. So she's already lied about the Anunnaki because she's propagating that when it's already, to her knowledge. Now, that translation was brand new then in 1947. And so she she found that out, and she's utilizing that to tell some lies with the, with the truth that's out there. So she didn't correct the fact that this was that was wrong. She let that Zachariah Stitchens ideology go. Uh, in fact, brought it up in the interview to make sure that people were paying attention to it. Why? Because she's part of that Crusader group trying to take over the Earth. That's why. There is no other reason for her to propagate the lie that we all know is was actually a wrong translation now. In 1947, that was that was brand new. He just translated it. They just found the scrolls. They just translated it. And woo, man, we were a slave labor race. That's strike two. We are not. Anyone who propagates that is either foolish, misunderstanding, misled, or purposely trying to mislead you. Not created as a slave labor race, not a penal colony created by a third dimensional beings at all. It's a playpen for little teeny baby souls. And the fact that they know that you're a little teeny baby soul, they're lying to you in your playpen to make you think that they made you. And meanwhile, your mom and dad are in the next room. And when mom and dad shows up, they run out of the room and they come back and they tell you that's not really your parents. They stole you from me and they're lying and they're evil. And that's what's being done to the human race. Let's continue. And Nephilim in the Bible, of course, their true mission and activities were never disclosed. So, so Mexican, are you saying that they're saying it was total BS, or are you saying that what I'm saying is total BS? Mexican Frenchman Moser just said total BS. 
So I'm, I'm trying to get an, a, a definition. Are you saying that what I'm saying is total BS or what she's saying is total BS? I want a clarification on that. So we'll wait. We'll wait for you. You're going to make a comment like that? I'll, I'll wait. Wait for, the, wait for the lag to catch up so that you can answer the question. Because I value your opinion uh, one way or the other. If you're saying I'm total BS, I want you to prove it. If you're saying she's total BS, then I agree with you and we can move on. <laughs> so, so if you think I'm BS, please enlighten me because, because I can link you the actual translations of, right, of the actual translations of someone who actually understands Mesopotamian to show you that Zacharias Stitchin was wrong. I'll show an eight minute video, I'll link it to you. You can watch it. He's a doctor and he has a degree in studying sociology and, and ancient writings and languages. He's a linguist, and he understands, reads and writes Mesopotamian and has read the dictionary that they wrote in scrolls. And he says the translation is wrong. And in just exactly what I said to you were his words. So if I'm the one who you think is BS, I refer to you to the masters and the actual people who actually understand how to translate Mesopotamian. You can tell them that they're wrong. <laughs> so then you just said one word. Yep. So that doesn't tell me anything. So I think Pino might be right. I think that Mexican Frenchman Moser might just be a troll. We'll see. Okay. Let's go forward and continue on. Right. Closed to homo sapiens. Their activities have been purposely disguised. Therefore, the human stories and legends about the Anunnaki and the other members of the Domain Search Party have not been understood and were badly misinterpreted. In the absence of complete and accurate data, anyone observing a phenomenon will assume or hypothesize explanations in an attempt to make sense of the data. Therefore, although mythology and history may be based on factual events, they are likewise full of misunderstood and misinterpreted evaluations of the data and embellished with assumptions, theories, and hypotheses which are false. So I think that's hilarious that she claims that right after doing what she just did. Do you see? Here's that contradiction again. She literally just broke down the fact that most people, when they're translating things, they base things on their, uh, their memory, their ideology of what was happening, and, and a lot of times they misinterpret things because they're trying to read into something. Right. And, and she just did that after she first she did it. And then she said this. You have to be careful because this is what people do. But she literally just did the same thing. Right. And she's right. The truth is, she's right in what she just said. Most people do that. And that's where, as a scientist, you have to go into things trying to disprove any idea that you have. Right. So if you're and, and people had said to me, what makes you think that you're qualified to have a UFO group that's that large? Well, I've been hunting UFOs since I was like eight years old. And I've had people say, you're just wanting it to be that way. No, 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 I'm not. And if you knew me or anything about me, you would know that I am a scientist, that I go in trying to disprove every single thing anyone gives me. There is never a time when I look at something and go, oh, man, I hope this is a UFO. I hope this is real. There might be in the back of my mind where you go, one of these days, I hope I get a shot that I can't explain, which does happen. And then you can't say definitively, well, that's a UFO. You don't know that. You just know that you can't identify what that is. So is that technically an unidentified flying object? Yeah, in your mind, because you don't know what it is. That's how the government gets away with when you say that's a UFO. They go, no, it's not, because they're not lying to you. They know the designation of that plane that's flying. <laughs> they know who's flying it. So it's not unidentified to them. They know 
who's been in there flying that. So they're not lying to you when they say that. No, it's not a UFO. Look away. Just go away. It's not a UFO. It's not a UFO, period. Because it's not. They know. They don't even call it that anyways. They call it a, 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 a unidentified aerial phenomenon. They don't call it an unidentified flying object. Right? So... Yeah, and that might, you might be right, Melissa. She might be trying to cover up by doing that. So she, what she's doing is she tells bullshit, and then she says, because you got to be careful because sometimes people will interpret things the wrong way, and that's trying to, to give validity to what she's saying. Again, I agree with you. So I think she's, so, you know, yeah, so, yeah, don't, you don't overcompensate. So she's, I think she's, that's what she's doing. I agree with you. I think she's trying to throw that in there so that you'll go, well, she must be telling the truth then. Cause why would she say that right at the end of saying what she said, if what she said was a misconstrued concept, which in fact it was. So let's continue. The space unit of the domain expeditionary force are shown flying in a winged disc this is an allusion to the spiritual power of the ISBEs, as well as to the spacecraft used by the Domain Search Party. The commander of the Lost Battalion, as Cyrus II, was an ISBE who was regarded as a messiah on Earth by both the Jews and the Muslims. In less than 50 years, he established a highly ethical and humanitarian philosophy, which pervaded all of Western civilization. See, so here again, why did she pick that guy to claim that, that her people were inside? Well, uh, my guy, who was an officer, he possessed this guy's body. And, of course, he did these wondrous things and was considered a godlike creature to you. Because you're so simple, you didn't realize it was just one of our ship's captains. Right? So, again, trying to show that, that by picking a guy who was a prophet and saying, well, no, it was our guy that, was, that usurped. We just possessed that body, by the way. Right. So she's saying that possession is something that can happen, that at any time, one of her people can just come into your body and shove your soul the hell out of the way and take control of your body, which that can't happen. That's only written in movies. That doesn't happen in real life. And nowhere have they had that. They talked about it in the Old Testament. Don't get me wrong. I am a recovering Catholic. So they talk about it, how the Romans had this this exorcism that is still well, that right is still uh, done by Roman Catholic priests today. Um, and, and that's not a fake thing. It really is there, but the movie Constantine makes it look like, you know, possession is just something that happens and anyone can be possessed. You have to actually, you can't do that. It's not how the universe works. Even walk-ins have to have permission. Okay. So you can't just, no one can do that. You can't just possess somebody and shove their shit out of the way. Nobody is stronger than anyone else because we all have an immortal soul. Right. So here, after she said that not too long ago, that everybody has an immortal soul. Now she's claiming that one of her people possessed somebody. Right. So there again, she's talking on both sides of her mouth. First, it, it's not possible to do that. But by the way, our people can do that because we're so superior to you. That's what she's trying to get across. You can't do anything about us. And she even said resistance is futile. Literally, the words the Borg used in the, in the sci-fi show Star Trek. Re re resistance is futile. Domain resistance is futile, she said. His territorial conquests, organization of people, and monumental building projects were unprecedented before or since. Such sweeping accomplishments in a short period of time could only have been achieved by a leader and a team of trained officers, pilots, engineers, and crew members of a unit of the domain acting as a team who had been trained and worked together for thousands of years. Weird that they couldn't find that then. 
Right? Isn't that weird? Because so she just said, well, the only way that that could have been achieved, it was obvious that it was superior being plus a whole staff, but yet they couldn't find this person, this needle in a haystack, because they didn't, they didn't what know to look for those kind of markers. Right. And then, but then when she found them, she brags and says, well, when we found them, we realized, of course, they took over the universe. <laughs> they were in charge of everybody on this planet at the time, because of course they would be. Because if I came down here and decided to, I could take over this world too, because you're children and you're locked in a cage and you can't get out. That's the attitude that she has right now. That is not the thinking she's bragging. If I came from the 12 bazillion, gazillion eons ago, if, if that were the case and I'm a braggart, then there is no difference between us here and them there. And if that's the case, then, then we need to wake up. We need to wake up and realize that there is no difference in our attitude, our language, and our ego than there is when you're uh, five to 100 billion, gazillion eons old. So that would suggest that the mind we occupy <clears throat> is a childlike mind. That would also suggest that the mind of the creator of the universe is a child. Do you understand that? So are we actually in the mind or part of the mind of the creator who is in fact in a womb because he's not developed it, they, she, he is not developed yet into whatever it's becoming? Or is all that bullshit and, and she's just a third dimensional being sitting in an office somewhere controlling a drone from a battleship in space someplace? Hmm, maybe it's both. Although we have discovered the location of many of the Isbees in the Lost Battalion, the Domain has been unable to restore their memory and return them to active duty as yet. Of course, we cannot transport ISBEs who are inhabiting biological bodies to the space stations of the domain since there is no oxygen in our spacecraft. Also, we do not maintain life support facilities for biological entities there. So, but then why doesn't she kill the body and take the soul with them? That's all she needs to do. Because she claims their energy anyways. Right. And that the ones who came with her, the two that were in the ship with her, that crashed, that they jettisoned and went home. So they left the body and went home because they were light. And then she claims that the that the immortal soul of the human is likewise energy. But now she says, well, we couldn't take their bodies back with us because we don't have oxygen there. and There's no way to sustain three-dimensional life. But you just said that they're occupying this body and that when this body dies, she said that over and over and over again, that the soul escapes and then is caught by one of these traps. If you know who they are and you have them in your custody, you kill the body and then you release the soul and you grab the soul and run. But she's claiming they can't, don't have the technology to do that. That would suggest that they are also three-dimensional. Again, do you see? Here's the things that you have to look for. If, in fact, she's from the 12th millennial, uh, whatever, however long that she's been here, longer than the gods, because they're the gods, she can't figure out how to get a soul out of a body to return it to their space because they can't move the physical body there. The physical body doesn't mean anything. It's the prison, isn't it? That's what she just told us a minute ago. 
well, then how come they can't just go, okay, we're going to have to end this life so we can capture your soul before the machines catch you and mind wipe you again and put you back into here, and we'll just take you home. Simple, but they can't figure out how to free the humans either. Isn't that weird? But she tells us all the time, when you die, your soul is released, and then it gets caught again. Well, if you know that, that means you should be able to kill the body, take the soul, stop his soul from getting caught, and escape with it. Nope, because we can't support human life. Three-dimensional, not. And physical body, not. Not non-corporeal and as being a light being, like she claims. Right there is very telling. Look about, reread that, what she just said right there. And why? Our only hope has been to locate and rekindle the awareness, memory, and identity of the SBs of the Lost Battalion. One day they will be capable of rejoining us. 200 BCE, the last remnant of the old empire. See, so again, let me reiterate what she's saying there. Right now, because they don't remember who they are because of the mind wiping, she's claiming that she you wouldn't be able to uh, uh, take the soul back because they don't remember who they are. Yet she claims some of the people had escaped, and every time you die, they recapture you and re-mind wipe you. Well, why would they need to do that if you still don't remember who you are? Do you understand? So now she's claiming that the that it doesn't wear off and that it's permanent, yet they had to shorten the human life so that we would get recycle faster so they could zap us again because things weren't working the way they were supposed to, and it was wearing off. Now she's contradicting herself again. Do you see how she does that? Earlier on in the beginning, she said, you're stuck here. There's nothing you can do. Then she said, you don't have any memory of anything that has to do with where you came from. Then she went on to say, everything that we have is from the old, uh, uh, old guards planets, and that we're not supposed to have that. But we do. And then she went on to say, well, you're stuck here, and there's no way to get you out, and we don't know how to get you out. However, we do know they have these machines. Well, wait a minute. Can't you just go destroy the machines? Never mind that now. Never mind that now. They have these machines that catch you, and, and then they, they re-brainwash uh, you again and tell you that you're here uh, on a secret mission, and then they put you back in the body, and you recycle again. You don't remember anything. Why would they have to tell you you're on a secret mission and convince you to go back if they just hit you with a zap that stuns you and erases your memory? They could do it by force without having to talk to you. Never mind that now. Never mind that now. Just listen to what I'm telling you and keep moving forward, right? So then she claims the machine is breaking down and we're all starting to remember everything. So they shortened our lifespan so that they could stop us. She said all that. And then she said, but we can't do anything about our people when we found them because they're permanently damaged. And one day, maybe in the future, they might be able to rejoin us. But right now we can't do anything about saving them. Well, why can't you? You just explained all the things that are the factors that need to be stopped. Right? Turn those machines off. Break the machines. Blow them up so they can't capture the soul. That, just start with that. Never mind that now. Never mind that now. Don't look there. We have no idea how to save you guys here on Earth. We'll be back in about 6,000 years maybe if we can figure it out. She has the technology, supposedly. She has the strength, supposedly. She has the tech. She knows where they all are, supposedly, the, the machines. Right? But yet she can't do anything about any of that. And she can't even take her own people out of here. It's because her own people, if they are in fact here, are here because they died and this was the closest three-dimensional planet for them to recycle onto. Not because they were a penal colony and that they were put here on purpose. 
they that's because they were too far away from their three-dimensional planet where they came from and when you die you get recycled to the nearest one to you not from where you whence you came the only people who have that choice are the ones who came here on purpose from another place because they're wanderers when you die here you can then leave and go back to where you came from and a lot of people have a hard time understanding that because they don't know that concept. So they go, I don't understand why when I died, it wasn't trying to take me to heaven. They were trying to take me back to where I came from. It's because you volunteered from that place to come here. They're not taking you back to where you were created because this is a penal colony. However, there's a lie within the truth again that people are trying to use to mind screw you. Right? Let's continue. Pyramid civilization is at Teotihuacan. The Aztec name means place of the gods or where the men were transformed into gods. Like the astronomical configuration of the Giza pyramids in Egypt, the entire complex is a precise scale model of the solar system that accurately reflects the orbital distances of the inner planets, the asteroid belt, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto. Since the planet Uranus had only been discovered with the modern Earth telescopes in 1787, and Pluto not until 1930, it is apparent that the builders had information from other sources. A common element... Now, see here, she's telling what we now know to be true, okay? So, I don't know if that theory was the theory back in 1947. I don't know the answer to that. I haven't researched that. But I know that in, you know, now, that is the theory. So is that an older theory that, you know, that we already knew and they're still reiterating that, um, you know, because I believe that. And it's also uh, it's also a computer chip. She doesn't know that. Why? Computers aren't invented yet. But if they are, they are invented in her time. She should know that. So it's also the configuration of a computer chip, which is really mind boggling when you think about that, because uh, it is literally our solar system. But yet a computer chip is identical to that. Right. That makes sense to me because I actually understand how this AI works. So it makes sense to me. But most people don't make that connection yet. She didn't even talk about it there because we didn't have computers as such yet. We didn't have computers back then. We didn't have DOS yet. So did she admit that because she knew or she could have said in the future, I understand what this is. Now my Wi-Fi has dipped down again. So I apologize if, uh, if I'm cutting her or my voice is sounding like I'm in a tunnel. Uh, the Wi-Fi dipped down on one little bar, so it'll come back up in a few minutes or takes about 10, 15 seconds, and then it'll come back up. So by the time you guys actually hear me saying this because of the lag, I'll probably be almost ready to be back up. So I've spoken to it anyways, right? If I stay away for that, who knows how long it'll take, <laughs> right? So I do apologize for the break in the uh, Wi-Fi here. I mean, it's, it's the time of the day where we do have flags flying around. I don't hear anybody right now. Usually it's a military plane moving around or an aircraft, right? Yeah, I'm digitized. Yeah, Julie said, yep, you're digitized. <laughs> it'll, so it'll come back in a few seconds. Um, maybe I should just wait for it to, to, um, to come back up. But yeah, my connection is unstable right now. Um, but I, I know that everything's plugged in, so now it's coming back. It just takes a second for a plane to get out of the area. The military, they now I'm full full steam ahead again. Yeah, thank you, Julian. As soon as it came back, you're like, clear. <laughs> so I apologize. That must have been a helicopter because it took a little bit longer than normal. Um, they're always running jamming programs. Oh, no, now it's back. <laughs> so 
it could be that somebody's trying to kick me off the air because of what I'm saying too. So I'm going to, I'm going to have to continue because otherwise we'll have to end the session here and I don't want to end it. Now it's coming back. So we'll, we'll continue. And if I stop with the algorithms, hearing me talk about things that they don't want me to talk about, then uh, they won't try to, to uh, bump me off the air. And the good thing about uh, StreamYard that I use is that it's hard for them to bump us off the air. And that's why we use it these days. Here we go. Of the pyramid civilizations around the earth is the constant use of the image of the snake, dragon, or serpent. This is because the beings who planted these civilizations here want to create an illusion that the gods are reptilian. This is also part of an illusion designed to perpetuate amnesia. The beings who placed false civilizations on earth are isbies just like you. Many of the biological... See, and, and some of what she says is true, but most of it is not, right? The Viracocha, the snake god, um, we're starting to realize now where that takes place. And that has to do with the creation of the universe and the strife of the universe. The, the, the serpent god has always either been Tiamat the dragon or a snake and its opposition. The, the serpent uh, in the Garden of Eden giving knowledge to the to Adam and Eve uh, that that the uh, the creator didn't want them to have uh, at the time uh, also is the same as the uh, the Jesus factor and his temptation uh, from the devil and in this case the devil was the serpent and that's the same character being the savior that uh, that is Thor when he has to fight the dragon of the North Sea uh, um, um, what's his name? Um, oh, I can't think of his name right now. The Mesopotamian, uh, when he had to fight Tiamat, the dragon, that's the, that character being played out in different societies from the different scenarios that only differ in the dynamic between male and female and their stations in the life. So if the, if the, if the city or the state or the country has a male dominated religion, then the antagonist, which is the snake takes a different form, but is still the same antagonist and still is the serpent or the dragon that they have to fight. Okay. It just takes on a, on a slightly different montage, uh, if you will, for the reader or the listener. And that changes and makes people believe that it's a different religion that was borrowed, but it's not it's the exact same thing. It's just a different scenario, right? Whereas with the Vikings, men and women were equal. So you had the all father and the all mother. So, so the, the, the bearer of Thor is a goddess, and then when you go to the, the Hebrew religion, the bearer of the Thor character, the Jesus character, is a human. Because there's only one true God, and he is a male in that religion. Because that religion was trying to, uh, to further the uh, Judeo religion, the Hebrew religion, which they also had one single deity, which was a male-dominated. They were a warlike society from the beginning. David took control uh, by killing a Minotaur. David's character, again, being the savior character, taking on Tiamat the dragon in a different guise. The serpent in a different guise was the Minotaur, much larger than he, much stronger than he, and he was able to kill it. So it was the same, there's the same scenario. So the creation story of the Hebrew race is the same story of the Jesus creation, is the same story as Thor as the, with the creation and savior, is the same as Marduk fighting Tiamat from the Mesopotamians. It's the same story, period. It's not a change. It's not borrowed. It is the same creation. 
the scenario changes slightly. You have three brothers, you have three dwarfs, you have, uh, uh, you know, Jesus does have a family and has brothers and sisters, but they're, but they're downplayed again because of the feminine. Women were property in that religion, not equals. Uh, so when you get to the Celtic religions, they were equal. So the storyline then venerates the female as the god or the goddess. And then you have some re religions who the goddess is the power and the god dies. The goddess is the top. Most of the Celtic religions are that way. The goddess is the all-father, is the all-knowing, loving uh, one who created the universe. And the god dies every year and is reborn in the springtime, which is the cyclical life of the human race and the planet that we're on because of going around the sun. And that goes there shows you where the sun worship is. The sun worship, people who worship the sun, and our sun in this solar system is the same life bringer as Jesus, the same character as Thor. They are the ones who, who are the life giver in that pantheon or the all father life giver. So, so it still becomes the same character. It's really complicated, but it is the same character depending on where the life giver life bringer fits in their society. And that's directly in tune with and related to where the mother of that deity figure fits, whether she's equal to lesser than or above the, the um, savior. That's the only difference in any religion anywhere on the planet. They're all the same in any time in history, point out a religion to me or until ask me, what about these people and how their creation is? And I'll show you how that all fits. It's the exact same thing. That's part of the documentary that I'm putting together and putting that in my book, the way. And then maybe that'll clarify same things for the people of this earth, because we're, you know, the fact that everybody's fighting over different religions when truthfully all of their creation is exactly the same. Some people just get annoyed with like, you know, with the Muslims where they say you can't know the face of, of, of Allah. And so it's a sin to even write something down. Well, that is in most religions. You don't know the face of the creator because you can't until you get to the all father and only the all father knows what the creator looks like. Do you understand? And so they take that part very serious. That's not, you know, uh, people will, and that's kind of crazy. You put down, write something and say, this is Allah. They'll kill you for it. Well, they're very strict about that. And some, that's just their semantics. That's what they, the way they are there in that religion. But it's true in almost all religions that you can't know the face of that creator. And some religions have that if you knew the face of that creator, it could burn you because, in, in, into oblivion because you're, you're nowhere near a place to comprehend what it is and the power and majesty of that creator figure and that would be the glow uh, behind god right in the in the hebrews you have god and then you have the glow behind god that is the creator that's the creation that's the power that's the true one that you don't know who that one is that's the one who created the universe and created god then then that god created jesus and on down the way but that's yeah that's just the way that pecking order works but it's the same in all religions it's just different there's even um more we'll go on with that later so if you guys tune into my speaking engagement tomorrow or the one later on this month or wait for the book to come out or the video you'll 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 get all of this and i'll compare it and show it to you with the words from each religion and you'll see how similar they are and where and why bodies inhabited by isbis in the old empire are very similar in appearance to the bodies on earth the gods are not reptiles although they often behave like snakes. 1034 to 1124 AD. 
The entire Arab world was enslaved by one man, Hassan ibn al-Sabah, the old man of the mountain. He established the Hashashin, who operated apart Mohammedanism, which controlled by terror and fear much of India, Asia Minor, and most of the Mediterranean basin. They became a priesthood that used an extremely effective mind control mechanism and extortion tool that enabled the assassins to control the civilized world for several hundred years. Their method was simple. Young men were kidnapped and knocked unconscious with hashish. They were taken to a garden filled with beautiful black-eyed huris and a harem decorated with rivers of milk and honey. The young men were told that they were in paradise. They were promised they could return and live there forever if they sacrificed themselves as an assassin of whomever so, they were. Does that sound familiar to you? It's being done today. Same exact thing is being done today by the terrorists around the world, convincing young men that, you know, that they could, if you look, you will get a special place in, in heaven where you'll get milk and honey and a thousand virgins or whatever that they have now. Right. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, you, but you have to kill yourself as, as an assassin. You go and kill people and, and then die. And you, because you sacrifice yourself, you will get this, this reward in heaven. They still use that same uh, scenario now. Commanded to kill. The men were knocked out again and shoved out of the world to carry out the assassination mission. Meanwhile, the old man of the mountain sent a messenger to the caliph or whatever wealthy ruler from whom they demanded a payment. Demand <laughs> right, Melissa says the virgin thing creeps me out. I wouldn't want 50, 60, 100 virgins. I wouldn't want that to at all. And no way. I mean, Jesus, think about that. So I get to go there and I get all these pretty women and they have no idea what to do. And they've never had sex, which means it's going to hurt. It's going to suck. And they're going to be, you know, go through all those emotions that, that women go through now. And on the other hand, men the same, right? If I was a woman and, and, and having a bunch of men, right? You don't want that. I want, I want 50 hookers. Right. I want women who know what the hell they're doing. I don't have to teach them anything. I want them to work me over, man. And that's heaven. Not okay. Here I am and I have to teach all these women uh, what sex is like and, and then hope they like it. And I have to go through all of that and training. Right. <laughs> Julie says, you're reading my mind, Leo. <laughs> yeah. Right. Julie says, so funny. My husband said, who would want virgins? Right. I'd rather have 71 that knew what they were doing. He said the same thing that I said. You were typing it. Right. True story. I want hookers, man. Or maybe not hookers, but I want the women who know what they're doing, dude. <laughs> I don't want to have to train them. <laughs> right? Jesus. So anyway, let's continue. That's funny, Julie, that you, your husband said that. Because <laughs> it's true. I want virgins. No, man. That's Those are from afford them you. I can't afford them you. Right? Too much work. Way too needy. Way too no. I mean, they're, they're good to look at, but that's about all, right? You get you get to have to talk to them and train them, and then you're just like, oh, my God, I'm going to this is hell now. Until I train them, how long is it going to take me to get all these women turned out and trained so they know what the hell they're doing? No teeth. No, no teeth. Don't do that. I don't like that with the teeth thing. <laughs> right? Let's go. <laughs> Ending camel loads of gold, spices, incense, or other valuables. If payment did not arrive on time, the assassin would be sent to kill the offending party. There was virtually no defense against the unknown assailant, who wanted nothing more than to carry out his mission, be killed, and return to heaven. 
This is a very crude example of how simple and effective a brainwashing and mind control operation can be when it is used skillfully and forcefully. It is a small-scale demonstration of how the amnesia mind control operation is used against the entire ISB population of Earth by the old empire. And by her and their empire. She's absolutely right. So here she's not telling a lie. Here she's mixing in all the truth, right? So Miguel made it over to, to Facebook. Hello? All seems to seems the party is over here. Yeah, I know. I don't know why you go to you, you, Facebook and I only have a few people there. Uh, and that usually picks up. Uh, they always watch the reruns. But live, Facebook's where it's at. Right? Uh, that's why I stay here, uh, uh, Miguel. That's why I stay on, on Facebook and broadcast here because this is there's more people here that want to that want to chat. I, I you know I can't get the chat going for the MP3 file because they don't do that live. I guess I could play it live and be there and, and watch so that I could get a chat going for the MP3 people as well. But then that would be all typing and you know and I wouldn't be able to to over over speak. I guess I could. I could probably play just like I'm doing here. I haven't tried that yet, but I pay them to broadcast in a couple places so I could. Right. All right. So here we go. 1119 A.D. The Knights Templar was established. At See, she's going down history, man, and she's picking out. I forgot that she did this. She's picking out all the major events that most people would understand and know uh, in history, uh, and she's uh, attributing her people to being those people that did that, and that's why. Right? Let's see what she has to say about the Knights Templar now. It was a Christian military unit after the First Crusade, but quickly transformed into the basis for the international banking system to accumulate money to conduct the agenda of operatives for vestiges of the old empire on Earth. So now she's claiming that the Knights Templar were actually evil and that they were playing out the evil stuff that was going on the planet. And if you know anything about the Knights Templar, you would know that it was the complete opposite in real life. Now, they did create the banking system that we have today. That's no joke, because they did go on to be the Swiss government. Right. And uh, along with a lot of other places, they split up and they went around the world and they joined. They went to Scotland, they went to America, they went to Brazil, they went to um, Africa, Madagascar, all over the world. Uh, and that's where they all disappeared to. And then they all kept in contact with each other. Uh, and all of their secrets and their information was stuff that the people were not aware or had the ability to deal with. And that's why all that shit is hidden to this day. So they weren't evil. They weren't trying to do evil and propagate what she's saying. So what she's doing here is, again, she's flip-flopping everything that happened that was good and holy for the earth and saying it's actually all evil, and you guys have no clue about what's really going on, and that is that you're a prisoner and we can't do anything about getting you out of this place that is so inept that you have to keep mind-wiping you every 50 years. Otherwise, you'll remember, but we can't get our people off of here because we have no idea how to stop the mind-wipe thing that's wearing off anyway the, of the machine that's broken, uh, but we don't know how to fix you at all. We can't take our people back because we don't have any oxygen where we're at. But yet these people who are supposed to be uh, from the light and light beings, they can't figure out how to get that out of the human body by killing the human body and then snatching it. Oh, no, because when you kill it, it automatically goes to one of those traps and gets caught again. What? You said it was breaking down. And that's not the truth. And some people are escaping. Never mind that now. Never mind that now. Look over here. I want you to see what I'm talking about here. The Knights Templar were evil. Here we go. 1135 to 1230 A.D., the Domain Expeditionary Force completed the annihilation of the remaining remnants of the old Empire space fleet operating in the solar system around Earth. Unfortunately, their long-established thought control operation 
remains largely intact. See, now she's claiming that it's largely intact, right? Two and a half hours ago, in the beginning, she was claiming that it was mostly deceased. See, I have a memory. I remember these things. That's why I do this. <laughs> okay? So, right, Melissa, that's a lie. <laughs> you know it because you remember it, right? We've talked about that. She has claimed over and over repeatedly that the system is breaking down and it's falling apart and humans have, uh, you know, are still, but they still get caught in the traps, but the traps are failing. And now she's claiming all of it's pretty much intact. And she just reestablished the fact. Why? Because she just said, we can't get our people off this rock because we don't know how to stop the, the mind wipe. But she spent two hours telling us that the mind wipe is temporary and that they had to shorten our lifespan so they could continue to get us quicker and that the, the machines are breaking down and no one's maintenancing them and the whole system is coming crashing down. Wait a minute. No, it's not. It's perfect. It's all intact. Never mind that. Never mind that now. Look at what I have to say now. Do you see what she's doing here? I do. That's why I did this show, because I've read this and went, <laughs> man, I got to point out some shit this bitch is lying about. Pardon my, my English there. 7 AD, the Knights Templar was disbanded by King Philip IV. That's wrong, too. It wasn't. Yes, it was 1307. Yes, it was. So she is right. So this is not a lie. It was October, Friday the 13th, of 1307. That's hence the number 13 being bad and Friday the 13th being uh, superstitious about. It has nothing to do with anything other than that. I did a, I did two three-hour shows on that five years ago. Uh, you should go back and watch that. and did a whole entire show just on the Knights Templar and just on the number 13 and just on why all of that happened with, uh, um, I can't remember his name now. Um, we had a really good time doing it. So it was really cool. All right. Of France, who was deeply in debt to the order, he pressured Pope Clement V to condemn the order's members, have them arrested, tortured them into giving false confessions, and burned them at the stake in an effort to erase his debt by seizing all of their wealth. The majority of the Templars fled to Switzerland, where they established an international banking system which secretly controls the economy of Earth. It's not exactly true. Not the majority of them. Uh, it was actually only about 35 of them. The, the majority went in other places. Scotland got most of them. That's why there was a, that's why there was a war there that was a, a temporal war because Scotland got most of them. Um, right, right during the battle of, um, was it Bannockburn? No, no, that was the English uh, fighting the French. I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was, if you watch the movie Braveheart, it was the last battle. It might've been Bannockburn. It was the last battle when the Robert the Bruce decided to attack instead of uh, kiss the ass of the Edward Longshanks. And he looked at all the people from Scotland and said, you, you uh, fought with Wallace, you bled with him, now bleed with me. And they won the day and won their freedom. The reason that that happened was left out of that movie. The reason that happened was they were attacking Hastings. I think it might have been. You might be right, Julian. Might have been, that might have been Hastings. So <clears throat> they charged the field. And they were starving. And they were outnumbered. And they were losing. And the, uh, a cavalry rode in. And it was, uh, it was 30 or 40 knights dressed in all white. And they, and they had a red cross. <laughs> what? And they came and charged the field and they won the day and fought for Scotland. That was the Sinclair family who is now in charge of the Templar Knights and has been since that time. Okay. They're the ones who went to Nova Scotia and buried whatever it is that they buried on Oak Island, which they're now trying to find uh, the treasure that was there. They're not going to find the artifacts. I don't ever believe that, but I do believe they're going to find some money there. 
but I don't believe that they're going to find uh, like the Ark or the chalice or any of that stuff. That stuff's all hidden away and moved from there. Um, you can go into that, go down that rabbit hole and ask, well, how do you know that that's the truth? Because Sinclair family had a castle that was on the mainland that overlooked Oak Island and they ran the whole place from there. So we know that that became a stronghold and that there was all kinds of Templar treasure buried on Oak Island. The Oaks that are on that island are not indigenous to that part of the world. The Europeans brought them from Scotland and, and planted them on that island. That was a marker for them and for the other people. It was a land grab, just like the Vikings had done before, where they were marking their territory. But they took the artifacts and left with them long ago. They've been transporting them around the planet to different places ever since. How do I know this? I have been knighted by the Roman Catholic Church. <laughs> So I do have some inside knowledge. I am not of that order. I am a, a Colombian knight, not a not a temple knight. Uh, however, uh, our people uh, were descendants from the temple knights who created the order of Colombia. Um, so that's where, as a knight of Columbus, that's where I come from. So our background and our origin is the same as the Templars who came from the Templars and the and the Freemasons. Okay, so here we go. Old Empire operatives act as an unseen influence on international bankers. The banks are operated covertly as an uncombatant provocateur to covertly promote and finance weapons and warfare between the nations of Earth. Warfare is an internal mechanism of control over the inmate population. The purpose of the senseless genocide and carnage of wars financed by these international banks is to prevent the ISBEs of Earth from sharing open communication, cooperate together in activities that might enable ISBEs to prosper, become enlightened, and escape their imprisonment. That what she's saying there is actually true. That part is actually true. That's what's happening even now, right? And they do that. So, so why is that? Well, because they, if they kill you, uh, then you, you end up getting recycled. So when the, if the system's working properly, then you, you would be getting recycled. And well, if it was still working properly, I wouldn't be speaking to you and telling you what I'm telling you, right? And you guys wouldn't know what you guys know. So that tells us now that the machine isn't working currently because we are awake enough to know what she's saying is actually true. I wrote a book about that called How to Get Out of Debt, Surviving in the 21st Century, where I explained to you that corruption of the banking systems. Right. So it's all based on the Knights Templar system, but they didn't have it wasn't corrupted. They were holy monks. And it was it's the banking systems that are now the Fed bank systems that are separate from them. That's why they stay neutral. They're not neutral because they're in charge of it all. And they're trying to orchestrate everything and kill off the, the race to keep anybody, you know, to just quill the population of the of the penitentiary. That part's a lie that she just said. However, they do. That is their concept. Because they know that this is a, a you know a prison, but it's not a penal colony. It's something that was designed by the universe for us to evolve. Okay, so they're using that to their advantage, and they have been forever. And they're just whacking people off, but it's not happening anymore. Why? Because we're literally, I'm literally doing what she just said is why they were senselessly killing people across the world to stop them from this thing, from communicating with each other and helping each other to become awake, to wake up, to prosper, and to get out of our shackles. The fact that that's been building on this planet would suggest that their shit is broke down and not working. 
So it's not a penal colony because if it was, I wouldn't be here right now saying what I'm saying because they would take me the fuck out. Miguel would be gone too, <laughs> right? Melissa's learning and waking up. She would be gone. Julie, you'd be gone. All of us. They would kill us off. Denise, they would kill us all off because what we already know is information that they can't possibly want us to have. But yet here we are. And yet here I speak. And yet we are all thinking the same thing. How is that possible? Because what she's claiming is bullshit. Because if this were a penal colony, and and unless it's a penal colony and she's right and there's nobody at the helm anymore and the machines are breaking down. So if that's the case, then why did she just lie in 1947 and claim that the machines aren't breaking down and that people aren't waking up? Yet that was the beginning and has been even going back further than that. If you go back to when Jesus came here, they would have killed him quicker because his word got out. Jesus was preaching the same thing I am. I should say I'm preaching the same thing Jesus was because he's the elder and he's the savior. I'm not. So if that's the case, then why do they allow Jesus's word, Muhammad's word and Moses's word and Daniel's word and all these, you know, the, uh, the gospels of, of, uh, the Gnostic Gospels and the, the Jude and John and, and uh, the, you know, all these other Gospels, why do they allow them to be still here and found? And when they were found, why were they not immediately squelched, uh, eradicated, the people killed that found them, and the scrolls burned before they got out to the, to the universe, to the world? But they didn't. Why? Because it was designed by God from the beginning. And that when they say that all these things are locked up and they will not be understood until a generation far into the future, we are that generation. This is the times of tribulation. This is the time of what? Of death and rebirth. This is the graduation moment of this species coming soon to a theater near you. Okay, and we're all here to witness it. That is the truth. That is what's happening. Not a penal colony, not the fact that, well, we're all going to wake up and realize that we're not a penal colony anymore and that they can't stop us because we're going to overthrow our slave masters. Done, long time ago. Done, long time ago. Right? Eternals. See, the, in, in one of the Gospels, in fact, it was in, it was in Judas, by the way, where Jesus told Judas that when the humans were first created, they were created with an incorruptible power. Incorruptibility is what Jesus gave himself. And the other gods and the other saviors did the same. They were incorruptible, which means that what they chose could not be stopped. So they chose to be in service to others and could not be corrupted. That is why when Jesus was tempted by the devil, he was incorrupted because he was born incorruptible. And in some of those other prophets speaking in the scrolls that were taken out of the Bible, it was told that we humans were created incorruptible. So we have an incorruptible power. What is that? That is the power of the logos, the power of creation. So we're not just made of mud and something to, for them to toy with. We're immortal. We were created immortal on purpose. 
because we're not an experiment. We're not in a penal colony because nobody can do that to us. That's why they have to convince us of that because we are the creation and what we collectively say and think becomes true. As below, so above. As within, so without. What ye cast onto the earth, I shall cast into heaven. That's directly from the Christian Bible. A little more modern translation to that would be, what you unleash on the earth, I shall too unleash in heaven. What you create on the earth, I shall also create in heaven. Not saying, as above, so below, which was the perverted lie to where there's a Godhead who's in charge and we have to follow. The opposite way around, you're in charge and I will give you what you want. That is foretold. That is in all the scriptures. We have the power of creation, and God will give us, grant us our wish, whatever that is. That means we have complete free will, and that's incorruptible. It cannot be taken from us. If this is a penal colony, and then it has been taken from us, and it can't be. So, they ha- so if it is a penal colony, they would not allow me to tell you what I just told you. I would be killed for it. Because I would have to be. Because that's the only way we're going to keep everybody in this prison is from my knowledge that I know and that many millions of other people know as well, cannot be foretold yet it is being foretold. Why? Because it was put there by an uncorrupted being who cannot be corrupted. Therefore, their information is to be given to uncorrupted people and you cannot stop it. What would that suggest to you? That we are free. We have always been free. This is not a penal colony. This is a, a prison of our own minds that were put here on purpose for us to a little puzzle, become human, become being, a human being, for us to be, or is be words. We are being. I am being. I am a human being. That's what I am being. I am being human. Do you understand? But I'm not human. I am immortal. But here I am being a human because that's what this construct is. So that's what I'm being here. And to be humble and to separate myself from the powers and the majesty of myself is the exercise of this experience. Or is the experience of this exercise? Like philosophy is the knowledge of love or the love of knowledge. Do you understand those terms? I think we'll quit there because it is the end of chapter nine, right? So we can call it right there so I know that it's a good place. So three minutes even, I'll put down, you know, a couple seconds, give or take. Right, so three hours, two minutes. So we'll go to three hour mark. To start next week, right? So I think that's a good spot, but that's my point here. Think about that. Bummer, right? Well, Julie, you have any questions? I can keep going. I just want to stop this here at the chapter because it's a good place to stop. So if we want to continue talking, uh, ask some questions. Let's bring up another uh, topic. I'll keep running. I'll keep going because what I'm saying is, is, is can't be denied, right? If what she's saying is in fact true, then the biggest sin I could commit as a prisoner would be to first know this knowledge that I know. And second, 
tell you it. That has to be eradicated. It has to be stopped because what I'm doing is helping you to free your mind to give you the keys and the door on the way out of this joint. They can't have that. They got to kill me off. But wait, here I sit. Here I speak. There you are listening and hearing me. So if this were, in fact, a prison colony, yeah, no questions. <laughs> Just enjoy being here. Thank you, Julie. I, I wasn't saying that to be mean. I was saying that because I thought maybe you had some some idea of what you wanted to talk about. And that's why I was like, hey, just hit me up, guys. We'll continue. Hit me up with something. We'll continue. So, so the truth is, you know, again, what she's doing is she's propagating the the ideology that we're prisoners and we can never get out and that, that they can't figure it out either and they're not really concerned with that, right? So Melissa said, no, me either. I don't have anything. I'm just happy being here. Thank you, guys. I love you. I love all of you who, who actually listen to this in, in this. If it helps you guys in any way, I love you for that. That's my job. That's my mission. If I only have four of you that listen, that's four more than me talking to myself, right? <laughs> How are you with the corrupt courts? Oh, Lord, that's the corruption yeah, uh, that see, that's the, the what's going on now is is no different than what's already been going on forever. Uh, it's just that most people are actually starting to wake up and be able to see it now. So all the politics that you see going on, all the things uh, that that uh, uh, your son is in a doozy, really, meaning that he's caught up in in something, and and this, the corrupt courts are screwing with him. That happens. It's fucked up. So, the, but all of that corruption has always been here. We're just, um, as a society, able to see it now. When I was younger, there was only a few of us that could see it. And I didn't even see it. Oh, family law. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, what state? If he's out here in California, he's in trouble. He's fucked. If you're a man in California and you're in family law, you get all the bills and the woman gets everything out here. They did change that a bit. Uh, I found out that they use an algorithm now. They just kind of uh, try to split things. Oh, that's just as bad. North Kakalaki. <laughs> this is bad. He screwed there. <laughs> if you're in Kakalaki, it's kind of the same. Uh, and, uh, you know, that had to do with the progressivism uh, inequality because there was not equality at a time. And the men used to get everything and the women would get ass out. Uh, they might they might get the children. That was all. So so in an attempt to make sure that the women were taken care of, they changed the laws. And but then they basically took everything from the man and gave him the bills. And, 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 and you know, he had to pay for the wife and the kids and the house and and the dog and everything. And he ended up in a little teeny hotel room or a one bedroom or a flat paying for everything. And my father happened to him the same way. My father ended up in a one bedroom apartment and he was paying for the three, his youngest three. Uh, because he already had three daughters that were from another wife who were already out. And he had to pay for them, too, at the time. So then he had to pay for us. And uh, by the time he was done paying all the alimony and palimony and child support and all that stuff, uh, he had like $10 left after he paid his rent and bought food. So he literally had no money to do anything with. His life was going to work, coming home, going to work and coming home because he had no money to even go and watch a movie or anything. Uh, and that sucked. Uh, it sucked for him. So uh, I ended up moving in with him to to uh, lower that burden, uh, but it just transferred from uh, him paying my mother to take care of me to him taking care of me. Uh, so I went to work early. So did my sister. Uh, we both went to work early to help contribute. Uh, and, uh, you know, we entered the workforce when we were younger and, and never really got a really good education. So I went back and, and worked my way into college and paid for that and junior colleges and stuff like that and then continued to educate myself. 
uh, um, because I had to. So being self-educated is, is a hard road because people are like, well, what degree do you have? You know? So I went out to get all these, these titles for everything to compensate for not having the money to be entitled to some of these bullshit fake titles that they give rich kids. Uh, and then because of that, people now go, you are not all those things you claim you can't possibly be. Why? Because you're not. I spent my entire life trying to get licensed to everything to prove my worth in a world that would reject me because I didn't have an Ivy League up, up, uh, upbringing. Although the upbringing I had was an Ivy League upbringing. I just didn't go there and get brainwashed like they did. Right. I, I learned that stuff on my own, but learned the same thing they learned, you know, and they like to pretend that there's a different kind of law that's taught at Yale and Harvard than there is that's taught at Cal Berkeley. And there's not. It's the same fact The California bar exam is the hardest bar exam on the planet in any school here. Right. To become a lawyer. So it doesn't matter if you went to freaking Harvard or Yale or Brown. Your test is shit compared to the one at Berkeley to become a, a, a lawyer. So your Ivy League education is no different. So, but that's what their stations try to do. And that's, uh, that's that whole power system uh, setting up the, the pecking order that keeps the rich in that power position and the poor not, right? So I have people in this industry that are like, you, you do not have those titles. I'm like, yeah, I do. I can show you I have all of them. I don't lie. I don't say I am something that I'm not. I have proof. Otherwise I wouldn't say it. Because then somebody would look it up and they would go, You're, he doesn't have any of those. Look, he's lying. I tried to find them. I'll tell you where you can find them. Right? So because we're so paper driven and obsessed with a piece of paper that says you don't know what you're talking about unless you have a piece of paper where some guy said he knows what he's talking about. And here's my signature. And here's a stamp. Boop, boop, boop. Right? I have many of those. Many of those. Right? But that's why I did all that. So when I claim something, I know I'm here on the air to the world claiming I was knighted by the Holy Roman Catholic Church. If I said that and it was a lie, somebody could look that up and go, he's not even went to Catholic Church. He's a false fake hood. No one's doing that because when they look me up, guess what? I have that credential. Right? I say I'm a, Mickey, a Reiki master teacher. No, you're not. I have that credential. <laughs> you can look it up. I can tell you where to go. Or I can show it to you, <laughs> right? Same thing with an ordained minister. I have that credential. I have the license. I have the ID. I can tell you where online you can go and find out that I am ordained, right? You can go to the Universal Life Church, Phoenix, Arizona, look up my name, and you'll see that I was ordained in 2016, okay? You could look that up. It was just like I was a, a pool and spa operator. And I had uh, credentials that I don't have any now because I haven't been retested. Uh, you have to get retested every five years and get recertified. So I haven't been certified for 10 years, five years, six years, haven't been certified. So I can't claim that now, but I, what I was same thing with, you know, a, a framer. I was a framer. You have to be certified for that. You don't just go out and make frames and, and put things into frames and sell them to people without that's a, that's a, a licensed credential that you have to have. I had that for 15 years. I don't have one now because I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> right. But I had all of those licenses on my wall because you have to, because we're paper driven. The courts are screwing everybody over for the same reason, because you have to, you know, you have to have a judge, they have to have the credentials, you have to have lawyers, they have to have the credentials, and then they just trample you and run you over because you're a slave in their minds. And if you don't do what they want you to do, they get pissed off, right? I know somebody, some of the people that I share this with are going to get mad at me now because I talked politics here. 
<laughs> right? They hate when I do that. Some people hate politics and they hate listening to them. Right. And uh, this was supposed to be alien interview. You're talking about courts now and certifications. Who the hell are you? Shut up, man. You're a lunatic. Change the channel. This is not for you. Go somewhere else where Barney Rubble is talking. So, yeah, the court system suck, and I feel for him, and I hope that he gets that that figured out because that does suck. Um, any kind of fight like that in the courts is crap. When I, when I was uh, injured and I was suing for uh, workers' comp, that was the really – I tell anybody, if you want to know for sure that you're a slave and they think you are and they treat you that way, try to file for bankruptcy, which I've done. Try to um, collect uh, uh, unemployment insurance, which I've done. Try to uh, – uh, to uh, file a, a workers' comp case and get an injury accident insurance and get paid for disability uh, and and try to try to go down that road, you'll find how much you're a slave in their minds and that they disdain you because you you owe them money. You were born on their planet and they own you and you are supposed to work until a certain time and then you're supposed to die and get the fuck out of the way so we don't have to pay you any more money. I had that same thing. It took me almost five years to get social security to get disability from social security and go on to social security, which I'm now on because I was a slave and I was young. I was 45. You're freaking 45. You still have at least 25 years that you owe us money for. We're not paying you money that you paid us to hold on for you. That's not supposed to ever go to you. We're supposed to spend that on another shit and we just get that from you for free. Right. And we're not ever able wanting to pay you that money back. We're hoping you die before you can collect it. That's why we keep putting the bar higher and higher. So let's be serious. That's the evil people corrupting the society and doing all those things to screw over all of us people who they believe are slaves. They own us because they buy into that Luciferian thing that goes all the way back to who was it? The Hittites where they were cannibals and, and all the stuff that we're accusing the rich and the elite of now that's descended from them. I'll have to pull up that documentary again watch it and, and add that so you guys know what i'm talking about um but that was crazy i was i was learning about that trying to figure out how far back it went and i was like wow that goes way back way back that's one of the oldest societal structures and now i understand that whole luciferian thing they've been here so long they believe they own the planet and they're still doing the same thing they were doing so they've always been that way and people wake up now and go man when did they start doing this um, I don't know, about 150,000 years ago, maybe longer. I only remember back so far, right? So, but that's never changed. And I remember when I was younger and I didn't see that. And a friend of mine saw he was more awake when we were teens than I was. And I thought I was pretty awake until I looked back and realized I wasn't. And I actually apologized to him about eight years ago and said, I owe you an apology all this time. You were right about everything. And he's like, yeah, I know. Welcome. It's about time. So he knew about that when we were kids. And he was like, dude, you need to understand what's really happening here. And I was like, no, man, you're tripping. You smoke too much dope or something. And, you know, and come forward in time to, you know, like 2012. And all of a sudden I was like, what? Wow. He was right. So I'm, you know, a work in progress, just like everybody else. Right. So don't, don't, that's why we try to tell people don't get mad when you realize what they're doing. Because they've always been doing that and anger, right? You know, fear, anger, aggression is the way to the dark side, right? There is something to that. I'm also a Jedi Knight. You can look that up in the Jedi Council in, in uh, New Zealand. I'm also listed as a Jedi Knight, which is the same title. It's a, it's a priestly title. It's a, a pastor, minister title. Um, 
but that's but it is the truth. So so if you get mad and they want you to fight them because that's their wheelhouse, that's where they want you is in that ring fighting because then they can brutalize you and use force against you. That's why people like Gandhi and and uh, and the like went the opposite way. Jesus did that peace. Muhammad did that with peace. Um, you know, Gandhi did that with peace. Martin Luther King did that with peace. Stephen Biko did that with peace. And then after him was Nelson Mandela through peace, not through action, not through war, not through insurrection. That's why they tried to turn that January 6th into an insurrection so they could justify the, the lockdown and brutalization of the American population. And nobody bought their bullshit and immediately fought back and still are fighting back to show that that was bullshit. In fact, now it's coming out. It's starting to come out what we said in the beginning, that they were the ones who drummed it all up. You're going to find that out as time goes on. You won't find it out probably until the regime change in, in 2024. You'll start hearing more about it in 2022 because you're starting to hear more about it now because we just had a bunch of elections. So as the tide changes and as they show themselves more and more to the American population, you're, you're having more and more buyer's remorse now by everyone in this country where they're starting to go, wait a minute, right? So they're starting to actually pay attention to when, you know, all of a sudden our, our gas prices are almost $7 a gallon. And, and everyone's like, well, wait a minute. Why is that so? We were paying $2.10 back in December. What happened? Well, what happened was Joe Biden got into office. And one of the first things he did was said, no more America creating any energy. All those plants are shut down. No more coal, no more steel, no more oil, no more gasoline, no more natural gas, all shut down. And we're going to buy stuff from overseas again. So these people who are supposed to be our enemies, China, Russia, the, you know, Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, uh, Iran, Iraq, we're buying all of our gas and energy and products from those same people who are taking that money and using it to destroy us. That's not a lie. <laughs> That's not a lie. So now you have Joe Biden who who pissed off, or I, I should say America pissed off OPEC by becoming the biggest seller of oil. So they were losing profits like crazy worldwide because everybody was buying it from America. And then Joe Biden came into office and shut that down. And now we're trying to beg at the tablecloth uh, to, for scraps to be tossed over the edge onto the floor so that we can get gasoline. And the same people are like, wait a minute, you cut us off for four years and made hundreds of trillions of dollars, or hundreds of billions, actually, hundreds of billions of dollars of our money. We want it back. So, no, we're not going to create more oil and we're going to charge you guys more than $100 a barrel so that we make back the money because we know that in a couple of years, the orange guy is going to be back in charge and we're gone again. So we're going to make as much money as we can off of you right the fuck now. Do you see? And the prices aren't going to go down. Not until, not until we get back to be energy efficient. So all of a sudden they're trying to utilize that to convince everybody to put this package through that is going to give us energy efficiency. They claim, because we're going to get off fossil fuels and go on to solar and wind. But instead of transitioning and making solar and wind, while we still were had all of the oil that we're, we're lowering our own prices and selling it around the world and taking that money to reinvest it into creating these sustainable energies and transfer over and show people, look, this is better. We don't need this stuff. Now we're going to stop this where there's a transition and when the jobs are available and everything is here for us to do and the machinery is in place and all the companies are starting to manufacture things that run this way. 
and we already have a whole fleet of it, and we're going to lower the price of that so that everybody can afford it so we can get off of the fossil fuels by 2030 or 2035 or 2050. Instead of that, they shot themselves in the foot, reloaded the gun, and now they have it to their own head. Do you understand? So instead of having a system in place or putting it in place, they're trying to force you to put the system in place by taking away the system that is helping us to prove to you that you need the other thing, right? So they're taking away your food and your livelihood and saying, if you want it, you got to give us this package so that we can then give it to you, but it's not going to happen. And you're going to be poor until we get all this infrastructure. I mean, don't look over there. Never mind that now. Never mind that now. Just vote on this so that we can have this. So we'll miraculously, magically overnight, all of these things will come into play. And you'll see that because we have a plan for that. Well, what's that plan? Never mind that now. Never mind that now. You don't get to see that. Right. And it started during before the election and, and you guys wouldn't listen. Right. So what exactly is your plan, Mr. Biden? Never mind that. Elect me and then I'll tell you my plan. That's what he said over and over. Are you going to get rid of fracking? No, of course not. Are you going to get rid of us dr drilling oil? No, no, I'm not going to do any of those things. It's a lie by the Republicans. First thing he did when he got into office is signed over 75 presidential acts of uh, whatever you want to call them. Change the laws killed an industry and put us back into a position where we were in, uh, you know, 20 years ago and put our economy to a place where it was 50 years ago and put the American population and their worth around the world to a place that we've never been in where our money is worth nothing and getting worth less the more they print. And that's the truth. That's not me making it up. That's not me being political. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat either, but I'm not a Republican. I'm a human being and, you know, I would be a libertarian. And if anything, because libertarians are about freedom, liberty, right? <laughs> right? So if anything, I would associate more with that. Right. And, and everybody who listened to me two years ago, four years ago, thought I was crazy. Right. Yeah. man must be nuts. Cause he's talking about some crazy shit that just doesn't even exist in this world. And he's claiming all that shit that the orange guy was talking about. And that guy's nuts. Cause that's what everybody told me to think all over all the channels. And now all of a sudden he's starting to look better and better every day because it's least it's not this bad. We actually had money in our pockets. Right. But that's still a lot of people haven't figured that out. Um, so when, you know, when the food shortages start here coming up in, in December, which we're going to have some, but it's not going to be as bad as the, the, the sky is falling. People are talking about because they, they, you know, it's there. They just need to get off their asses and, and do that. The whole thing is going to be uh, of the COVID thing is going to change all that. Once all that gets to court and all these uh, cases get uh, to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court says that's unconstitutional, COVID's going to end. That's why they're trying to slow that down now and not let it get to the Supreme Court, or they're threatening to pack it with people that'll say, uh, that'll back what they're saying. Right. So they're trying to do that, but they're shooting themselves in the foot. They're doubling down, they're tripling down, uh, and they're trying to make this country a communist country, and the people are actually starting to see it. Which is what we knew would happen. It just sucks that we got to go through this. It's the dark night of the soul for the American population. And I'm certain that the American population will prevail because they're moderate. They're not, they're not, they don't want to be communists, right? Nobody does. Even the progressive right doesn't want that. Even the people on the right that want total control and want the swamp to stay the swamp, they don't want that, right? It's just the ones that are being paid by the communist parties of Russia and China that want it. Which unfortunately is most of the regime that's in charge right now. And that'll come out too later. 
you'll see that <clears throat> there's a lot that's coming out. They, they just recently how are now tying because of the, the uh, um, Durham report. They're actually starting to say that the Hillary Clinton foundation and the Clinton party invented the entire thing and paid for it. And they have witnesses now that are under indictment that are going to flip on them. That's literally just happened in the last two days. Right. And the information uh, also is coming out that when uh, Robert Mueller did his investigation, he had to know the same stuff. And they ignored it. And so that also shows that the FBI, because there's people who've testified that knew that the document, the dossier was faked, told them that they didn't care. And they still told the courts that they were real and got four visa warrants. So everything that Donald Trump claimed was happening to him is now being proved in court that it actually did happen to him. And he claimed that it was the Hillary Clinton Foundation, her political party, her being in charge of it, that she told them and ordered them to do this. That was a plan they came up with. And all of that, that he was a crazy conspiracy theorist, is actually now unraveling in court as truth. Happened yesterday and today. <clears throat> so going forward, more of this is going to come out, but mainstream media isn't talking about it. They refuse to, to broadcast it because they know they spent every waking hour for five years uh, painting Donald Trump as a crazy, unhinged lunatic. And anyone who believed anything was a cult member. And they were also crazy and unhinged and should be put into a concentration camp or murdered and killed and buried somewhere. Right. And then that they're literally they say that half of the American population who voted in the minds of Don Lemon and the people at CNN and MSNBC should be put to death. They've said it many times on air. OK. So all these things sound hideous and sound like I'm a partisan, but it's not that's not the case at all. Right. That this is me fighting for the coalition against the cabal which is the people that are doing that corruption that Errol was talking about uh, to control the population. Okay. And that, but that's been, has been being done worldwide for more time than anyone could imagine, but they, but they've lost and they can't stop us now. Right. So people don't realize that we try to tell you that though, this battle has already been won. The last time to prove that was when Jesus came. That was it. It's just from that point on was the inertia of them still trying to pretend that it didn't happen. <clears throat> still trying to pretend that they were in control because they know that if they can convince the population that they are in control, it'll be so. So they haven't given up. They're still fighting because they still want to, to they still believe they can convince you, me, and everyone else that what they're doing is for your best interest and you need to listen to them because you're a slave and they own you. Do you understand? Without being, without coming out and telling you that they have to convince you another way. That's why you have these scrolls and these people pushing this agenda that we've looked in history and only the history we want to want you to look at, by the way, we don't want you to look over here at this other stuff. Don't look at that. Don't look at that. Just look here. And this history says this, this matchbook says you're lying, right? So, so that's what they're doing. They're, they're literally saying, we've, look, we found something that says that we were a slave labor race and they're, they're hinged on that and they're on that and they're constantly saying it over and over and over and over and over, even though they know it's a lie. Right. And that's what they're doing at Gaia. That's what they're doing at the History Channel. That's what Disney's doing because they own the History Channel. They own everything else. So all of this stuff, they own the, the TV stations. All the people who own most of this stuff are propagating the same storyline over and over and over 
which is what they actually did with Donald Trump too, over and over and over and over. So the, the scary thing is in the whole scenario, cyclical scenario of, welcome Peter, of the whole cyclical scenario of how the dichotomy between good and evil pans out, then as a microcosm, Donald Trump would be considered the savior character fighting against the dragon. Do you see? So in that pantheon of the, of the hero with a thousand faces, Donald Trump in some way, small way, not comparing him to Jesus Christ, but in a very small way, and in an even smaller way, I'm also that same character. Do you understand? Because I am doing the same thing and I am fighting the same battle. I'm fighting the same snake. I'm fighting the same serpent. I'm fighting the, the same Tiamat as everyone else. Not because I am the Savior, but because I am the Savior. Because we all are. So when you turn and you fight against them, you become that character in that scenario on a macro, macro, macro scale. So scaled down to me, talking to you and what I'm doing, I'm literally the voice giving you knowledge that is fighting against the serpent or the dragon, which is the cabal and, and the, you know, and the federal governments of the, of the countries of the world who are trying to convince you, me and everyone else that we are slaves. So in a very small way, I'm doing the same job that Jesus did. And that in a small way, I'm doing the same job that Donald Trump did, who in a small way is doing something that Abraham Lincoln did, who was in a small way doing what George Washington did, who in a small way was doing what, what uh, uh, you know, uh, everybody else in, in whatever line you want to see of secession of uh, defending people and freeing people. The French people with the revolution over the king was the same savior character you had. Um, what's her name? I can't think of her name right now. Uh, in history, who uh, Joan of Arc, that is the same savior character she was playing on a very small scale. You have uh, um, King Arthur, the same fight, the same small scale, doing the same job over and over and over and over and over. Do you understand? All of us individually become that at some point. If we're in service to others, we take on the mantle of the servant who becomes the savior, who becomes the hero, or who becomes the hero and then becomes the savior. And we realize that we are the savior, each of us individually, and that it's in us. And so we teach you that. So me trying to teach you that is fighting against the serpent who's trying to tell you the opposite. So I'm fighting the knowledge of the opposite, the opposition, which is the dragon or the snake that is telling you in your ear that you're a slave. And I'm telling you, no, you're not. You were free from the, from the time you were thought of. It's the same battle on a smaller level, doing the same thing that plays out a larger, larger, larger scale up through the entire universe. Do you understand that? So, so it's not so, so it's not like me trying to have delusions of grandeur and say I am Jesus Christ. But the truth is I am Jesus Christ because so are you. We all are. Do you understand? Because we're all part of the collective that is part of the all. You see? So in in some place, at some level, I am one with the Christ. And then at a higher level from that, I am and we are all one. And at a higher level from that, we're one with the creator as well. Because we are the creator. Do you understand that? So, so that is how that plays out. So when you, when you look at that, you see that, you see that character and that happens worldwide all the time. 
people doing something extraordinary out of the ordinary to fight against a great evil. And that's the dichotomy of the world. That's what happens always in the world. There is nothing else worth doing. Do you understand? There is nothing else worth doing. That's what war is. When you have war, think about that. World War II, you had Hitler playing the great evil, the serpent. Then you had the United States who became the savior of the world. Why? Because they were the ones who had the technology to be able to outproduce and outmanufacture and outtrain. And, and the people had the crazy heart to continue to fight. Americans were stupid crazy. And we did stupid crazy things. And they did that out of faith. Go back to the Knights Templar, the same thing. Do you understand? So then you look at David. He did the same thing. So anywhere in history that you look at a person, a character, Hercules, Achilles, right? You can, you can look at their life, and their life is the same story. It's the same story being told again with slight variations. Why? Because it's a different scenario slightly from the other scenario. That is the example of what we're doing here. We're having experiences and we're trying to have every experience that there possibly is in the entire infinite universe, infinite experiences, infinite possibilities, infinite things happening. Therefore, they have to stay within the bounds of what? Of the universe. So there's only can be so many stories that can be told without slight variations. So you have that playing out everywhere all the time within each one of us, within our thoughts inner, outer, or job, or, or everything that you, you do in schools, in relationships, in, in your job, there's always the same scenarios happening over and over and over. Because it's the same fight, it's the same dichotomy between good and evil over and over and over and over. There is nothing else to be had but that in some way. Do you understand that? That'll blow your mind just thinking about that for a while. <laughs> right? But that, see, that's the stuff that's the, you know, that gets back to uh, Joseph Campbell with the hero of a thousand faces. He understood that about mythology. He understood that about history, right? He was very awake. And I remember hearing that and thinking, wow, that really means something more than I understand. And I'm going to keep that in my brain until I understand it. And the day that I woke up and understood that, I went, oh, wow, oh, wow. And then your mind goes, oh, and you blow up, <laughs> right? Because then you get it on any scale. It doesn't matter what it is. It's the same thing with music. It's the same thing with everything. It's all ones and zeros and zeros and ones. And it's all in our minds, the whole thing. It's an exercise. And once you realize that, it becomes simple. That's when you're awake and you can see the key and you can see the door. Right? It becomes basic. It becomes very simple. And you go and you laugh and think to yourself, why couldn't I see that before? Because I was in my way. <laughs> I couldn't see the forest because there were too many trees in the way. <laughs> see the forest, right? That's exactly the truth of the existence of our brain and what we're supposed to figure out, right? So again, I'm giving you the secret to the universe. If you have the knowledge or the ears to hear what I have to say, it would make perfect sense to you and you would go, wow, dude, everything else I've done to this point is useless compared to what I know now. And that's true to for, for me anyways. And many other people, and I realize that, many people before me. In fact, I'm realizing that I'm reading these things that people said hundreds and thousands of years ago, and they knew what I knew now then. And I'm like, wow, that's been sitting there in my, right in front of me the entire time. Never saw it. Crazy. Good shit, though. All right, guys, I love you. It's two hours now since I started. I'm going to go ahead and get off of here. I'll be back tomorrow 
at, I think it, it said 1.15 my time. So I'm in West Coast America. I will be on um, uh, Aaron Fowler, Psychic Shaman. He is going to be putting on a webinar. It's only going to be a couple hours long, uh, but it is it is one that you have to pay for. It's $11.11 American. Uh, if you want to hear what I have to say and what the other people have to say, tune in then. Uh, if not, tune back in to hear me on Wednesday or next Friday. And then uh, coming up, uh, I already put the stuff up on my page uh, showing you when exactly the um, the webinar is that the uh, Stephen and Evan Strong are putting on from Australia. And I'll be speaking, uh, I believe it's an hour. I don't know the time that I'll be speaking yet. I've, I looked and I don't think I have that schedule yet. I might, but I, I just don't remember it. Uh, but I will be speaking there. That's also a paid uh, engagement that you'll have to pay for. That one is um, $22.22 Australian money. Uh, so the Australian dollar is like the Canadian dollar. It's worth a, a little bit less than the American dollar. So you get a discount. Uh, and that's an all-day event. I think that's a 12-hour event. But don't quote me. It could be eight. Either way, that's a lot bigger event. So if you want to hear me speak there, uh, you can join that and ask questions in the chat. And there's many other speakers. You might want to look into that. To find that information, you can go to, to my page my personal page on YouTube or on, on Facebook. I don't have a post on YouTube yet, but I am going to get the meme up there. And my Wi-Fi has got me talking like a, a machine again, right? Do I sound digitized again? And then my Wi-Fi just came back. Okay. So I love you guys. Share this out, share this out, share this out. I will see you guys either on when tomorrow or Wednesday or Friday of next week when I, when I go back on the air. Uh, so until then, um, you know, do your homework, do your diligence, learn. Uh, because, it, it, you know, if they at some point try to eradicate planet and, and erase your knowledge, it's best that you learn what you can learn now. It might free your soul later. Right. <laughs> so I love you guys. Have a great night. Have a great weekend. If I don't see you, uh, like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll see you when I see you. All right. All right, guys. Have a great night.